Welcome to the Latitude Podcast, where we dive deep into conversations with founders, funders, operators, and investors. We're 43 North, a startup accelerator based in Buffalo, New York, that invests $5 million per year in high growth companies. Since 2014, 43 North has grown its portfolio to over 60 companies with multiple exits. We're excited to bring you the perspective of a growing startup ecosystem through chats with founders and funders within our portfolio and across the globe. Well, hello and welcome to Latitude with 43 North. I am Justine Polkowski. I'm the content marketing manager for 43 North. And hi, I'm Cindy Sedaris, the senior platform manager. And today we are joined by the co-founders of Shearshare, Dr. Ty and Courtney Caldwell. Shearshare is a year seven um, portfolio company of 43 North. So they just joined us last year. So yes. welcome. We're yes. super excited. Thank you, to, for, thank you for having us. Of course. I feel like this has been like a long time coming. We've been talking about this for months. <laughs> I'm glad that we were well, finally able to get, get together. Well, I think one of the things that we like about it is that we... We love 43 North. We've gotten to know you ladies. And so mm -hmm. it's going to be fun. This is going to be fun. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm yeah. excited. We're excited. So um, why don't we just start off? Tell our listeners and our viewers, if you're watching on YouTube, a little bit about Sheer Share and who you guys are and what you do. Awesome. You may kick it off. Go ahead. All right. Great. Um, so people refer to us as Hairbnb. Um, but honestly, at Sheer Share, we are truly building the future of work for the salon and barbershop industry worldwide. We take empty, empty suites and empty stations, empty chairs in your salon, barbershop and spa. And we fill it by the day, by the week, by the month, long term with a licensed beauty or barbering professional. So that way we are doing our part to help keep small businesses open in more than 900 cities across the U.S. Yes, that's right. You've got that elevator pitch down. <laughs> you know what? It's our passion. And we probably said it a couple of times. <laughs> I'll let her say it. <laughs> well, she says it very well. It. Yeah. yeah. Um, so we'd love to hear more about, you know, obviously we've worked with you the past year, but if you could tell our listeners some more about your unique founder journey. Um, and we think you guys have a really amazing story as well. Like Courtney, I know you, I think you're like the 33rd African-American female to raise a million dollars in venture funding, which is like congrats to that, but also like just a very sad yes, reality and statistic. I the same things. Yeah. I always say it's like the best and the saddest list to be on because I shouldn't know my number. I yeah. shouldn't be like, I'm the 33rd. And that was back in like 2019 or so. Yeah, 2019. And, and so I think we have maybe crossed the 100 number mark, mm -hmm. maybe. Um, but still, unfortunately, black founders, black female founders especially don't get a lot of VC funding. Um, we are not the, the traditional startup founder, I don't think. I don't think someone will look at us and go, oh, that's another Mark Zuckerberg right no. over there. <laughs> um, we're, we're the Caldwells. Um, we are not technical co-founders. We do not code on the weekends. Nope. I do not want to learn how to code. That's Neither. not my strong suit. I firmly believe in staffing your weaknesses. I think we do a really good job of that, yeah. both in marriage and in business. Um, and we're not from either coast, although now we live on the East Coast here in Buffalo and love um, Western New York. We were based in Dallas, Texas, like the middle of America mm -hmm. for so long. And that's where the idea kind of spurred. And then we're married co-founders. And I can't tell you how many meetings we sat in in the beginning. And people would say, oh, I love the idea. I love you too. But we just don't invest in married co-founders. I'm like, okay, so tell me what kinds of co-founder relationships are you looking for? And they say, oh, it's great. Well, you know, being a co-founder is kind of like being in a marriage. I'm like, oh, that's yeah, exactly, <laughs> yeah. I had a feeling you'd say that. Yeah. <laughs> like, this is the man that I know has my back beyond a shadow of a doubt. I know where he sleeps at night. Um, I don't have to worry about, is he working as hard on this business as I am? I don't have to worry about, is he as passionate? Um, does he have more equity than I do? I don't ever have to look over my shoulder. And so that to me, honestly, gives us a fundamental advantage to other startup founders because we know each other so very well. Yeah. We know where one person may be slipping and someone needs an extra your hand. We don't have to ask the question.
conversation, we just go into do mode. We don't have to feel like we're having an offloaded conversation at the end of the day. Mm. We're pretty much having the same conversation uh, about all the same company day. all day. <laughs> uh, just different segments of the company, you know, yeah. how we're dispersed out, you know, sales, you know, sales, marketing. We have engineering team. We have product team. So a lot of times when we're talking, we're talking about those things. And, yeah. you know, it kind of offloads that the responsibility. So mm-hmm. sometimes we can just say, shut it off eat dinner, go on about our day, and yeah. then get back to it the next day. Is that really mm-hmm. that easy? You can just shut it off and yeah. keep them separate? Not for her. And it used to be, <laughs> I was going to say. Not for her. Can, can, we, we should have answered these questions together before we... We're testing no. your relationship. Um, I, right I love this. It's like a counseling session, an intervention of sorts. Um, I was going to say, what was I going to say? It was really good, too. I, you I forget. You, you did throw me off. Okay. Uh, it's okay. I'll come back to it, though. But I was going to say, too, I think we're different because... Um, than other startup founder relationships because we didn't come into this thinking we're going to create a tech company mm-hmm. or a startup and we're going to exit and get it acquired in you know 3.2 years. We just started off saying we can be helpful to an industry that's fed our family for nearly three decades now. And so how can we do that? No one else is caring about this problem. And we have a really big stake in this claim. So we want to help solve this problem. And so it was really our heart first that started Share Share. And now it just grew into a tech company. So how did you decide to do it together? Was it mm-hmm. one person's idea or the other? Or did you just come up with it as a couple? It was his it, idea. It was my idea. It was kind mm-hmm. of funny because, you know, being in the beauty and barbering industry, as long as I've been in there, I've yeah. always, I would have always wanted to hire her. She was he always ma- told me that. master marketer. I said, I wish I could pay you what Larry Ellison pays you. You can afford me, baby. I said, I can afford you. <laughs> I said, but as long as you can do a few little marketing things for me, that would work for me. But how yeah. it started was back in 2012, I had expanded, rebranded my salon, uh, mm-hmm. got bigger. Uh, wanted the concept of open floor and suites. Yeah. Uh, I think that was the thing that was coming out back then. Mm-hmm. So created these suites. And, right. and back then we had a, um, a list of people waiting to get in our salon. Yes. Uh, f- uh, five-star salon, celebrity, mm-hmm. um, um, award-winning. award-winning. Yeah. Uh, so it, it came to a point where it was known in the community. Yeah. Uh, but we realized after about three to four or six months that these suites was going dormant. Mm-hmm. Nobody was coming in. Uh, we were realizing too also that mm-hmm. now suites are now the legitimacy of what people want to create their destiny, have their own businesses without having that brick and mortar. And people just weren't coming anymore. Yeah. So one day a young lady came in and she said, hey, you know what? I looked you up on Google. I'm moving to the south side of uh, Dallas, uh, buying a home. Uh, I've already found me another uh, home salon, mm-hmm. uh, but I need to take care of these clients here who don't want to travel. Right. And so I told my wife about it and she laughed, but she also <laughs> laughed about Twitter. I did. I was and like, who would microblog their lives? Exactly. So I'm like, <laughs> we really have to make some money on these suites. They're yeah. just lying dormant, collecting dust. And I called her back up the next day and told her, hey, you know what? I think mm-hmm. it'd be a great idea. How much would you want to pay? And uh, she was like, how much would you charge? Mm-hmm. And I just threw a number out there. kind of kind of threw a premium charge based on what I was charging my booth renters and also what I was charging based on my employees. Mm-hmm. And uh, she bid it. So I was like, did I charge enough? <laughs> it went from there. A great experience. But just to make a long story short, it was a great experience. She started posting all these, you know, these uh opportunities that she was getting on uh, social media and her friends Mm -hmm. were saying, how are you getting into these different salons? Mm -hmm. She was like, there's this couple, lovely couple in in Plano. They're helping me. They're calling these salons because I couldn't do it. And they're helping me get in these different salons. Can I I give you the number? So they started calling, you know, Courtney was working at Oracle running digital demand across five continents. Mm -hmm. I'm writing my best selling book. I'm also going to get my doctorate in barbering and cosmetology. We got a son in middle school Mm -hmm. and I'm like, this is getting out of hand. And then she starts to say, hey, you know what? 
we can't do this anymore. Yeah. I said, this is starting to feel like a full-time job. Like, where's the app that does what we do? Because I remember reading about Airbnb. We were hearing more about Lyft and Uber. And we went on Google. That's where all good searches start. Mm -hmm. And we could not find it. And we said, oh, my gosh, that was the aha moment for us. So we decided to build it. That's amazing. Well, you're doing an incredible job. Um, And you you. mentioned you had you were writing a best-selling book. So do you want to tell us about that? Yes. So, you know, we've one of the things I always wanted when I first started in, in my career, I wanted a mentor. And there was no mentors around, no one that I could just reach out to and no one that we knew of. So I was like, you know, I'm having all these. I need just practical knowledge, practical wisdom. And I've always been the type of person to seek out wise counsel. And uh, what were the things that I needed in in a mentor were some of the things I was failing in. So it gave me the opportunity to write Mentored by Failure. Mm -hmm. And so what is Mentored by Failure? It's really a a, a five point guide. I call it a five point guide. So you think about a lot of things that people look to to become successful. What are those points and and guides that you need? Well, like chapter one is be focused. Chapter two is be professional. Uh, Chapter three is be your best brand. Uh, Four is be smart about money. And then five is just be consistent. How can you repeat all those things mm-hmm. and still continue to build, grow and uh, continue to reach that destiny of, of potential success that you want to? Those are the things that, that I wanted to become uh, successful. Uh, Les Brown wrote the foreword. And, you know, one of the things I like about this book, it's kind of like the think and grow rich uh, mm-hmm. for the for the beauty and barber industry. So that's why I wrote this book. So and not only is that a now a number one bestseller, but L'Oreal largest beauty brand in the world, turn his book into a continuing education course. Oh, that's excellent. Exactly. So So. it's one of these things I'm proud of. And I got two, two more that I'm working on right now. Excellent. Well, we can't wait to see what you come out with next. So I'm going to go back a little bit. So you Mm -hmm. mentioned that as a married couple, you had a little bit of a hard time finding VC funding because VCs didn't want to fund the married couples as founders. (laughs) So what advice do you have for any other couples that may be a married couple or just, you know, partners in general that want to start a business, but may face um, dealing with your personal relationship and your founder relationship? I think one of the things that we we thought about, you know, we're going to bid on ourselves. I think at the end of the day, can you truly bet on yourself, but also go through the sacrifices uh, that it takes? Mm. So Courtney and I, what did we do before we started ShareShare? We drained our we drained our accounts. We yes. drained our checking account, Ooh. ran out of that money, which we merged with our savings, and then said, you know what? We're now w- working with a third-party engineering firm to build our first MVP, mm-hmm. minimal viable product, and realize that we got more to do. We got farther yeah. to go. And so I told her, I said, we got to we got to reach out for this 401k money. So we reached into our retirement I still, fund like, clutch my pearls. and I'm drain like, oh my that God. account. But I told her, I said, it's going to pay off. I said, you just got to yeah. realize that, you know, if you take the risk and you, you take care of it the way you're supposed to and also yeah. sacrifice, it'll pay itself off. Right. That's, that's true. That is that's the difference between I, us and a founder. That's truly. Really. <laughs> I, I could do that. I just started getting really warm when well, you said that. Well, let me go back there, too, because like I said, I clutch my pearls every time he reminds me of that. And. I think being married to an entrepreneur, and I swear this man is the most unemployable person that I know, I and am. thank God that he is. Um, he always had a very strong risk muscle, and I had to like strengthen that muscle. Mm-hmm. Like I was, I love being able to walk into an office and Mrs. Caldwell, here's your laptop, and these are the negotiated days, the mm-hmm. holidays that you have off, and you're going to get paid every two weeks. And I'm like, oh, great. And then having to create all of that from scratch, I was like, oh, this. This is people do this. Like that's a whole nother world. Make up your own rules. Yeah, yeah. Make, you make up your own rules. No one tells me what to do. I tell other people what to do. That was a first for me. But I knew that watching my husband go through business and trip sometimes and get back up again, like I'm like, oh, okay. If I'm gonna do this with anybody, it's gonna be this one right here. She definitely had the uh, the golden handcuffs. I mean, <laughs> and one of the things I like about 
her skill set yeah. coming from corporate, mm-hmm. she already had processes in place, mm-hmm. things that, you know, as an entrepreneur, you know, we have them in small scale. Yeah. Uh, so she was running teams in, uh, of, of five teams in different continents. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, OK, she's bringing a skill set that I don't have. And also she has this digital marketing technology background. Mm-hmm. So even though we're not technical co-founders, she had yeah. skill sets that I knew that we could utilize with my visionary and in my experience to, yeah. to team together to build sure. Yeah. It's literally the perfect marriage, like and no pun intended, <laughs> no pun intended. Like, <laughs> but it's the perfect marriage. <laughs> That's awesome. And you obviously yeah. had a lot of success um, starting this in Dallas and yeah. then you moved up to Buffalo. So yeah. Yeah. for we know your story, but for those who don't know your story, why don't yeah. you talk a little bit about um, coming to Buffalo, why you chose to move your business here yeah. and um, joining 43 North? Yeah. Yes. Well, I think for anyone, again, building that strengthening that risk muscle, right? As an entrepreneur, you're constantly doing that every mm-hmm. single day. You're learning new things. Like I never thought I'd be learning about tax law, employment tax law in different states. Like who does that on the weekends? But we read about that kind of stuff now because that's important mm-hmm. to our business, um, like international law. Um, but just all in all, you're doing risk every single day. And so I like to think about you know, like what would cause us to not do something like to move our business from Dallas to um, to Buffalo. And I say our startup, our very first startup is our marriage. And that's been a great merger. And I say our second startup is our son. And he's been acquired because he's a senior <laughs> cadet and that's football amazing. player at the U.S. Air Force Academy. Yep. And so to me, our third startup is just share share. So I'm like, why wouldn't we do the same things that we did in marriage and as parents and as partners in life for all these years for share share? And sometimes that means moving and making a decision to go somewhere where you're celebrated. And that's exactly what we've done. So thank goodness we were part of 43 North's program um, for year seven. So yeah. this is like a year and a half ago now. Uh, one of the winners uh, for that program, and it's like, I always tell people, it's like the biggest shark tank in the world. And so they invest $5 million in startups every single year. Yeah. And they ask you to relocate your business for 12 months to Buffalo. We've been here for longer than that now. Mm. And uh, we're continuing to grow here in Western New York. I'd love to talk more about just now that you've been in Buffalo mm-hmm. um, and you've had really great success kind of growing in a smaller yeah. um, emerging mm-hmm. city like mm-hmm. Buffalo, just how you see the continuation yeah. of that growth, both here and in some other um, yeah. kind of emerging cities in the U.S. Definitely. The one thing I, I absolutely, I mean, I love lots of different things about our industry, mm-hmm. but one of the things I absolutely love about hair, skin and nails is that we're everywhere, right? Like the smallest country town to the largest metropolitan area, there's going to be usually some kind of religious institution or spiritual institution, mm-hmm. um, a U.S. post service, post office, and a mom and pop salon or neighborhood barbershop. Like we are everywhere. And so, um, and we're not going to be replaced by computers. Um, and so for us, like landing here in Buffalo, we did what we started to do when it was just the two of us at Sheer Share, which was going door to door from salon to salon, barbershop to barbershop, knocking on the door and saying, hi, we're the Caldwells. And have you heard of Sheer Share? There's a brand new way that you can generate revenue for your small business and people would listen. Yeah. Or we go in and we say, hey, do you guys have any empty space? And because 40% of salons and barbershops have empty chairs every single day. I know you guys have seen it when you go in to get your nails done and your hair done and your massages. Um, they say, yeah. And so it's an easy way to start a conversation. And then the fact that we are from the industry, um, that mm-hmm. that creates that trust factor from like day one. I mean, so, yeah, oh, doing those doing those hard grassroots things, yeah. talking to people face to face. Sometimes people mm-hmm. can get a little a little apprehensive. Uh, but I think one of the things that we've done the hard work in doing is having the experience of mm-hmm. answering the hard questions, uh, getting past the nose and then saying, you know what? 
just relate to people. And I think yeah. that's what genuinely that made us become successful. But anytime you rinse and repeat, go from city to city, uh, especially a place like Buffalo, it was kind of easy because Buffalo is full of community uh, and people yeah. are just neighborly. They're just nice people. So I think that that's one of the sheer things, no pun intended, that came <laughs> with uh, that came with us moving here and then getting out into community. Yeah, I think we're, we're really good at doing things that don't scale first to prove a point. And then we say, OK, now we need to rinse and repeat. This. Yeah. And so being able to land in Buffalo and having the support of the community, having the support of 43 North, literally walking with us, going door to door to salons and barbershops. <laughs> Thank you very much. Yeah. Um, that, that really makes a difference. I yeah. mean, you don't think it does, but going from zero to one in a startup is so difficult. Yeah. And having a team of people who will say, we believe in you so much to the point where we're going to walk the concrete with you. Mm -hmm. That says a lot. Yeah, that's amazing. I think you two as founders, it's been really cool to watch kind of your journey over this last year because you are such wonderful like community builders and yeah. like relationship builders. So it's really cool to kind of see that scale and grow with your business as well. Um, I want to kind of pivot this to, I know you had some exciting news and some exciting travels recently that we'd love to hear you talk about as well. And like, mm -hmm. not to be cheesy, but I feel like it fits in very well <laughs> with your kind of vibes and themes of like risk taking uh, and sure. collaboration and <laughs> pushing each other. <laughs> so yeah, we'd love to hear more about your um, most recent adventure. Again, I blame my husband. Because yeah, he's the one who had the idea for Share Share and said eight words that completely changed our life, which was, I think this needs to be an app. And then he had a conversation with Mike Whistler yeah. of M&T Bank, just a random conversation in the hallway. And I'll, I'll let you tell the story. That's just how you build relationships. Just having right. a conversation, just like we're having right now. Mm -hmm. uh, just sitting back, having a conversation with Mike, just cool guy, you know, really related uh, just on a personal level. And uh, just got to talking about just some personal things that we like to do. I'm an adventurer. I'm, I really like the outside, uh, just nature and being For outside sure. adventures. And uh, he was telling me about the trip they were taking to Tanzania uh, mm -hmm. to climb Kilimanjaro. Mm -hmm. I was like, man, I would love to go. And he just he just re reiterated it back to me. You would like to go? I was like, yeah. <laughs> uh, he said, do you want to go? I was like, yeah. <laughs> so it just went from there. And I was like, you know, we just had a conversation and opportunity mm -hmm. made itself available. Mm -hmm. uh, we went. What an amazing experience. I will say this yeah. right here. It, it pays to be a little ignorant. Oh, yes. To do certain things. Oh, yeah. Uh, we climbed Kilimanjaro. It took seven days. Yes. Uh, I think the experience was the hardest thing I've ever done in life. Mm. And I've done a lot of hard things. Been an yeah. entrepreneur since I was 19. Mm -hmm. And I think uh, the overall experience was, what would I call it? Uh, mm. It was... It was one of those things that you you would never forget. Um, yeah. I think building Share Share was great. Having a great wife, great partner, mm -hmm. family, all that's great. But I think what gave me an opportunity to realize that nothing's hard. Right. Nothing is really hard. You know, taking seven days to climb and never camping. I've never camped before. <laughs> never. My first time camping. I didn't know that about my husband, by the way, until we're sleeping in a tent uh, alongside Mount Kilimanjaro. He's like, did you know? I've never been camping before. I'm like, oh my yeah. God. The I would have guessed, guessed maybe glamping, no. but not I, camping. But, but my not. excuse was I was a real boy child. Oh yeah, he was always so outside. I was always as outside a as a kid. And I yeah. think that that's what gave me the, the, the really advantage that I wanted. But I think what really inspired us the most was the fact that we know there's opportunity. You know what I'm saying? Mm. Never allow yourself to give up opportunity where, when it's yeah. afforded to you. Yeah. And, I, and I think that for the most part, I thank Mike for allowing us to go on this trip. So but fun. it was the hardest thing we've ever done. Yeah. Uh, I can tell you every single day gave you a different experience. And, and yeah. she was right there along with me. Oh, yeah. I mean, w once we landed in Tanzania and so we in America say Tanzania, but the locals call it or pronounce it Tanzania. We landed in Tanzania. And first of all, people say, welcome home. And so for that in itself, you're just like 
it just hits your spirit a different way um, that I think a lot of people won't understand unless they go over to, yeah. to their home country. And then um, climbing to the top of the mountain, like I still tell Ty, I'm like, something happened to me up there on the summit, 19,341 feet in the air where you could barely breathe. Uh, I just felt like my ancestors were like singing our praises or giving us pats on the back or saying, you, you're doing it. We were so proud of you. And I've carried that with me ever since we got back. And I don't ever want that feeling to I mean, be been nice close enough to them all the way up there. He's been a whole lot nicer than me too. <laughs> But I will say, too, if you ever want to test your relationship, like do something crazy like that, yeah. like start a startup or climb Mount Kilimanjaro. Like it, it just it made sure for me that we're in a great place. Like I really like you like as a person, yeah. not just love you. Like I like spending time with you. Like who's my biggest cheerleader up there on the mountain? Um, in Swahili, they say pole pole, which means you have to go really slow. So you're literally walking step by step. By you can't run up Literal, that mountain like, because like, of the climatization. Yes. And so he was my biggest cheerleader saying, Courtney, you got this. Keep going. You're awesome. And I'm like, how funny. This is very much our marriage, too. And like how we run Cheer Share. Like he has this great idea. He comes home. He tells me about it. And I am go, sure, let's go. He grabs my hand. We jump off the mountain together and grow our wings on the way down. And I'm usually the one who is like the executor. He's a visionary. I call it the executioner. Yeah. <laughs> And that that works for us in our relationship in all things. Whatever we touch in life as a couple, that is typically our role. Which gave us the idea while we was there. We're so inspired. You know, we're so people always ask us, why are you so optimistic? It almost seems like it's not real. Uh, but we have to lean on the air of, of optimism because yeah. every day may afford you something. You might have to go left, you might have to go right. How are you going to pivot? Even right. in the startup world, you have to understand in tech, you have to pivot. You make mistakes, mentor by failure, you pivot. So we're not scared of failure. No. Uh, I think what most people don't realize, failure is not the things you should be scared of. You should be scared of success. Mm -hmm. So how are you going to get to the next level of that That's success? Uh, having a good moment, having moments where you're growing. What are you going to do? Most yeah. people don't realize fear shouldn't fear. You shouldn't be fear. You know, you should have that. You should have fear of success because most people never attain it. So they always want to say, I'm, I'm scared to fail. And I think yeah. that's one of the things that gave us the opportunity to write the happiness journal. Mm -hmm. Want to talk to them about it? Yeah. I mean, this again, it's, it's, it's heartfelt. We came back from Tanzania and I was like, oh my gosh, like I wish that people could feel what we felt going up the mountain. Um, and what's the easiest way to do that? Well, it's the beginning of the year. Everybody has New Year's resolutions. Mm -hmm. um, so we took some of the things that we do in our life, affirmations for the day, the priorities, um, how we fed our body, things that we're grateful for, um, notes and reflections, and we put it in um, a journal that we hope would be beneficial to everybody. So, the so does people in general? Is this for entrepreneurs? People anybody? in general. People in anybody, general. anybody who wants more happiness in their lives. Excellent. Yeah. I can't wait to check that yeah, out. Yeah. I think we could all use a little bit more happiness yeah. in our lives. Yeah. There you go. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Score. So you, you've done a lot. Um, yeah. You are building this tech startup. You yeah. climbed Kilimanjaro. You have a best-selling book. Now you have a happiness journal. So what's next for Share Share? Uh, really, what's next for you? Well, yeah, right? like, I don't even know. We talk about this every single day. Like mm. what would happen if this happens? You know, yeah. companies want, when they get tech startups or any startup, they want to go IPO. They mm. want to get to the New York Stock Exchange and ring the yeah. bell or, you know, get a get a real rich payout day for um, a sale of the company. Mm -hmm. So you just really never know. So we talk about these things, but yeah. at the end of the day, we really work hard to continue to grow the company, mm -hmm. uh, build, reach out to the community uh, and continue to um, 
be optimistic yeah. about what's coming. Now, now, speaking of ringing the bell, though, because yeah. you it's don't like necessarily that. need to IPO to ring the bell yeah. because you're doing, doing that. We're doing it. Yeah. We thought that. We thought that. But yeah. you're exactly right. We have been invited to go ring the closing bell at the New York Stock Exchange. That is so exciting. Isn't that not that crazy? Is so exciting. Like how many times will you get that invitation? Not often. No, no I've never had that invitation. No, I've never same. told her this, but I always wanted to do it. Mm. So they say, if you can think of it. It can really happen, yeah. you know, yeah. so we're, we're really living yeah. a dream, even though we're working hard every day yeah. and we're constantly, constantly pushing ourselves and we don't think we're doing enough. Right. Uh, things are coming alive for us. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's wonderful. <laughs> um, how can our listeners help you at the moment? So obviously oh. you were doing all these amazing things. You're optimistic yeah. about the future, but how <laughs> can folks who are listening too. help you and Shearshare? Yes. Um, so everyone has a barber, a hairstylist, a nail technician, an esthetician, a makeup artist, a uh, microblading artist or a braider in their purview, right? Mm -hmm. You pass these people every day. You probably see them once a week, once a month. Please tell them about Shearshare. It is the easiest way for us to bring money to the salon or barbershop owner and for stylists and nail technicians and makeup artists to be able to keep more of their hard-earned money. This is literally the legacy that we know we were meant to leave. Um, and so we want to be able to give this back to not just the people here in Buffalo, but to, again, hair, skin and nail enthusiasts around the world. And if you're a barbershop owner, a spa owner or a salon owner, we know in this industry that we're 15 to 25 years behind. Mm. And so technology is literally giving us opportunity to yeah. fast track how we run our businesses, how we fill our chairs yes. and really recoup a lot of that real estate that we have in our um, businesses mm. to really start making money on them. On them. So we really would love for you to tell that salon owner, barbershop owner, or spa owner, or even if you are one, to really look up Shearshare and allow us to help you. Yeah. The website is just Shearshare.com. And then we're Shearshare on all social media channels. But check us out on IG first. Yes. And I can attest that it's not that hard. So as part of uh, 43 North, so when, when Shearshare joined our accelerator program, yeah. we yeah. offered to help our companies succeed yeah. in any way possible. Yeah. Um, as part of the marketing team, they needed marketing yeah. help. And our marketing team went out and went door to door to local salon and barbershops yeah. to talk about Shearshare. And everybody was open to listening to us. Nobody turned us away. Not one person. Yeah. Many people also knew you, yeah. um, which made it a little bit easier. But you know, you're right. They're struggling. Yeah. They need help. Mm -hmm. People need that, that industry yes. um, in their daily lives. And yes. I think people are really open to that conversation. Yes. Yeah. Free download, by the way. Can't go wrong. Invest in yourself, invest in your community, and it reciprocates itself back. Amen. Good. Day. That's good advice for everybody. Yeah. Thank you. Well, thank you so much yeah. for coming and spending time with us. So um, much fun. Yeah. Anything mm -hmm. else you guys want to mention before we, we wrap up? No. Sheer on the side of optimism. That's the only way you can make it through the day. Yeah. Optimism is definitely a competitive advantage. Yes. I would say that. Yep. Yeah. Wonderful. <laughs> thank you both again. Thank okay, you. Yeah. Thank, thank you, you so much. And thank you so much for tuning into Latitude. We would really yeah. appreciate it. Whether you are watching on YouTube or if you're listening on a podcast, please subscribe, subscribe and send us a review. If you email us at info at 43north.org and send me a screenshot of your review, we will enter you um, in a drawing to win some 43 North swag. So Ooh. please give us a shout out. Give us some love. And thank you again yeah. to Dr. Ty and Courtney Caldwell, the co-founders of Sure Share. Thank, thank you, you. Thank you.